Hello and welcome to the Apostolic Church Liverpool podcast. We hope the message you're about to listen to will inspire you, will be a blessing to you and give you perspective in life. For more of such messages, you can visit our website at www.tac-lona.org.uk You can also access other messages and resources from our YouTube channel, The Apostolic Church Europe. We hope you're blessed and inspired by today's message. God bless you. Here's the message. Okay, from verse 5. Okay. Right. Look at yourself. He said, test yourself to see if you are living in faith. Don't you realize Christ Jesus is in you? Of course, if you feel the test, it's not in you. If you feel the test. But if, I hope you will see that we have not failed the test. Verse 6. Seven, we pray to God that you will not do anything wrong. Our concern here is not for people to see that we have passed the test in our work with you. Our main concern is that you do what is right. Even if it look as if we fail the test, we cannot do anything that is against the truth, but only what promotes the truth. Yeah, King James Version says we cannot do anything against the truth but for the truth. So we are happy to be weak if you are strong. And this is what we pray, that your lives will be made completely right again. Next verse. It says, I am writing this there for I come, I'm writing this before I come so that when I am there, I will not have to use my authority to punish you. The Lord gave me the authority to make you stronger, not to destroy you. Right now, brothers and sisters, be filled with joy. Try to make everything right. Do what I have asked you to do. Agree with each other and live in peace. Then the God of peace, the God of love and peace will be with you. Amen. Give each other special greetings of God's people. All of God's holy people here send you their greetings. I pray that you will enjoy the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And that's a good place for people got to say. Amen. Amen. We're going to pray one more time. Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. The entrance of your word brings light and understanding to the simple-minded. Holy Spirit, we, you, your word says we know it not how to pray. The same way we know it not how to teach, we know it not how to preach, but the Spirit teaches us in a manner that we cannot even alter. Teach us yourself tonight mm-hmm. so that in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Right. So now let's quickly go back. So if we go back to what we say. Now, I just want to quickly give some few back standing to the things we talk about. First, Paul gave us that every two, uh, that every truth must be established by two or three witnesses. Yeah, that was he said that following the principles in Deuteronomy 19:15. And this was confirmed in Matthew 18, 16. We're not going to be reading that. I did show us where that was last week. We read it, how Jesus, that itself is true or three witness. That's why anytime I want to do prescribe something that is doctrinal, I try and find something in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, and in the with the prophets to bring it to reality by two, three multiple things in which our God cannot be called a liar. So now the second highlight that we did last week was Paul did told, told us to take the issue of sin seriously. Sin, 
we should take it seriously. And I did ask us a question, why should we take sin seriously as a church? We said righteousness exalts a nation. Righteousness exalts a church, but sin is a reproach. Righteousness exalts a family, but sin is a reproach. If enemy want to destroy a nation, a community, it starts by introducing, making, making watering down sin in the, in the society, in the family. And that is how it starts taking root. And before you know it, everything starts. So he said, take it seriously. And I know that we said we should not be sin conscious, we should be grace and righteousness conscious. But at the same time, if we see, uh, if you read uh, John 3, it's not there, John 3, 8. Don't now. Occasionally, you might do some things we're not very proud of, but the Bible made us to understand if you open, if you quickly open to John 3, 8. Now, please be writing all these things down. So, because sometimes it's not all the Bible passage that we uh, uh, that we put in the template. Some just come as you are preaching, as the Holy Spirit leads. John 3, 8 says, if you're there, you can read it. John chapter 3, from verse 8 to 10. He said, Lord, wherever it pleases. Yeah. You hear its sound, <clears throat> but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Okay. Um, right. What about, let's quickly, uh, okay. Let's quickly, John, what about John 9, 31? John 9, 31. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. Okay, God does not listen to sinners. He listens to as a church. If we want our prayer to go on the express road, we need to make sure that we don't make sin a practice. The one I wanted to say before is not John three. I think it's First John. So I've, yeah, it's First John three. If you go to First John, okay, this comes to us. It's on our third read manifest to destroy the works of the devil. First John three eight. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil. Because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. Can we, can we try it? Uh, King James, King James version. Yeah. Yeah, I like the way KJV put it. He that committed sin is of the devil. For the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Nah. So the uh, the version I have here sir, says that the one who practices sin, so you make it a practice. You intentionally, the Holy Spirit has been bringing that to your attention, but you intentionally carry on. Say the one that practices sin is of the devil. The one that practices sin, yeah, let's look at this. The one that practices sin is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the very start. That is why the son of God was revealed to destroy the works of the devil. Anyone born of God refuses, must refuse to practice sin. Why? Because God's seed abides in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. By this, the children of God are distinguished from the children of the devil. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. 
Praise God. Did you see? That's, let's read that together. Have you seen that one? Yeah, that's verse 9 and 10 of the same. Yeah. So I think that version makes it even more clearer. That, so if you make it a practice, that's why Brother Paul is giving us and advising us that we cannot carry on going on to practice a sin. So we need to, that's why he said, when it comes back again, it will deal very severely to those that are still practicing that have not actually changed. And I pray anywhere the Holy Spirit have been drawing our attention to, to make changes, the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's go to verse 2 Corinthians, back to the script. 2 Corinthians, uh, let's go back to our template. Then the third C is talk about weakness and power. Yes, 2 Corinthians 3, 4 says that, it said, for he was crucified in weakness, but lives by the power of God. For we are, for we also are weak in him, but in dealing with you, will we'll live with him by the power of God. Jesus was crucified in weakness. Now, we know quite well that Jesus is not weak. Even at that, that night in the Garden of Gethsemane, when uh, Peter was trying to call somebody's ear and was trying to do all of this, he said, listen, he said, no, 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 no. That is not the way our kingdom works. He said, if I want, I can call 12 legions and they will come down right now and this battle will be over in a few minutes. But it, it refused to do that. It's not weak, it's strong. But the greatest measure of strength is humility. That's the greatest measure of strength. Now, what am I trying to say? Don't be confused, don't confuse humility with weakness. And do not mistake bravado for strength. You know, some people just, you know, just come here and just do things. That is what the, the Judaizers and the super apostles were doing. So don't confuse that for strength. He said, we can be humble and bold at the same time when we are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, that is what uh, Brother Paul said in 2 Corinthians, if you read 2 Corinthians before 9 to 10, which we dealt with a couple of weeks ago. He said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness. Why? So that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I'm delight in weakness, in insults, in hardship, in persecution, in difficulties. Why? For when I am weak, then I am strong. Isn't that just an irony? The way our kingdom works. He said the best, when the disciples were like, like, trying to see who is the greatest, who is the greatest. He said, the greatest among you is the one that served the others. Is the one, so you have to, in this kingdom, for you to go high, you have to go low. That's the way it works. Praise God. So why are we mentioning that? Because that is contrary to the culture in which we live. The culture we live today teaches us that, you know, you, you, know, you, have, to, you have to show your strength, you have to show your brother do, you have to show, and that is when people recognize, no, it's humility, in serving other humility, respecting everyone. And he also says that Paul says that that does not mean that. Now, you know that sometimes if you read the Bible, sometimes the books of Acts, it's a small uh, lady, when he was talking to uh, one of those uh, kings, then a lady, a small lady was just 
going around and just shouting, just shouting, these are the servants of the bulls, these are these. Everything the person was saying was true. Now, that, remember something similar to that when uh, the case of bad Jesus, and they were saying exactly the same thing, but immediately Paul, the same one that was really humble and preaching to God's people, trying to uh, preach to uh, the governor at that time, immediately he mentioned that what he said, you perfect the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, for some season, you will go blind. And the man immediately went blind. You see the transition of power. Transition of power. So the weakness, the, the, the humility in preaching, the humility in Christian does not signify weakness. And he similarized that with Jesus. Jesus Christ was crucified in humility, but he arose in power. So the first time he came, he came with them. He came to the world in humility. But when he's coming back, he's becoming in power. And Paul is saying that he could himself has come to them in humility the first time. The second time he's coming, he'll be coming with them in powers. And he prayed that this will actually recognize that and change their ways. So then we now go to the next one, which is very, very important. He said, let's move on. Examine yourself. There's somebody beside you. Examine yourself. Examine yourself. There's no tape. There's nothing you take away from this Corinthians 13, 2 Corinthians 13 that we're talking about. This is one that we need to think about. He said, examine yourself. Okay, that's what he told them in the, that uh, verse there, right? So the question I want to ask is this, and this question is uh, questions for our thoughts. It's not a question that we will actually answer. Just think about, if you want to say something about it, how do we examine, how will you examine yourself? How will you do that? Now, I will let the Bible interpret the Bible. That is the, the in chapter in verses five to 10. How will you examine yourself to make sure you are still in faith? Now, when you examine yourself, what are you actually looking for? Now, why is it important for us as Christians to examine ourselves? Now, how do you know if you have passed or failed? Those are the questions that you can actually think about as we read this Bible passage. How do we examine ourselves? Do you actually examine yourself? When last did you examine yourself? The students, when they go to school, even those that are studying in the school, you do a lot of things, you do masters, you do this, but you have to do examination. You have to pass, you can't copy anyone, otherwise you'll be accused of plagiarism. So you have to you have to do your own, examine yourself before you're actually examined, right? So that is, the question, but how do we, let's quickly confirm this before we move on. Let the Bible interpret the Bible. Why do we know we have to examine myself? In Lamentation, next one. In Lamentation 3.40, just some Bible passage to confirm what Paul is saying. He said, let us test and examine our ways and return unto the law of Lamentation. In the New Testament, Galatians 6.34, if anyone think is something, when he's not and he deceives himself. Another way, where they compare themselves to themselves, they're not wise. Yeah, but let each one test his own work. Psalm 139, verse 34 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me. I know my thought and see if there will be any givious way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Examine yourself. Now, Back to that question, how do we examine ourselves? How do we examine yourself? How do you examine yourself? Now, I don't know if anybody wants to say anything before I bring us, I give us an idea of how we can examine ourselves. 
Now I'm talking about in the Christ in the Christendom. Anyone want to say anything? How will you examine yourself? And what are you looking for when you're examining yourself? And why is it important to examine ourselves? Anyone? Uh, Pastor, are you about to say something? I was hoping someone would talk. Um, <laughs> one, one ready way that comes to mind, at least what it looks like for me anyways, is in reflection, you know, especially those moments after you've done something, good or bad. And then in those few moments that follow afterwards, where you are having that silent conversation with the Holy Spirit, or you could say with a voice in your head, it's not a voice in your head, it's actually the Holy Spirit trying to let you know, is that how best you could have responded? Have you given glory back to God? Depending on this context, depending on the situation, there's always that conversation going on if we will be intentional to acknowledge it and then lean into that and where you know that you have responded wrongly whatever that might look like to then go on to to make amends so what am I looking for I'm looking for the standard that by God's grace over the years from my engagement with God's word that voice has taken and by God's grace that's the standard of the word of God itself to judge my Christ-likeness my sanctification is I want to become more like Jesus. So you could boil it down to what would Jesus do or what would Jesus have done if that was Jesus in your situation, if that was Jesus that is experiencing the lack that you lacked that made you take the choice that you took, what would Jesus have done and things like that. And why is that important? Because at the end of the day, that's our eternal destiny. We're not saved so that we can just go to heaven. It says he predestinated us to be conformed to the image of his dear son so that you can be the firstborn among many brethren. So the reason why I gave my life to Christ is not just so that I can always have healing when I want it, money when I want it, everything when I want it. It's so that I can become more like Jesus increasingly. And I know that will take the rest of my life to sort out. Um, and so what would be a past test or a fail test, the Holy Spirit will decide is not up to me uh, in that sense. So yeah, that would be my way of thinking about it. Thank you very much. I really like that. I like the part that what would Jesus do? That itself is a standard on its own. What am I, what, what, the way I'm responding now, will Jesus respond that way? Thank you very much. God bless you. Uh, Sister Lioness of God. All right, so... <clears throat> Um, when you were asking that question or when Pastor Ola was talking, uh, this was what was coming into my heart. It was 2 Peter from, chapter, from verse 3. It says, as we know Jesus better, the, his divine power gives us everything we need for living, for living a godly life. He has called us to receive his own glory and goodness. And by that same power, he has given us all the riches. Um, yes. By that same power, he has given us all of his rich and wonderful promises. He has promised that we will escape the decadence all around us caused by evil desires that will that and that you will share in his divine nature. Um, what, what I thought up until that point was that um, it's in the place of retreat, in the place of quietness when, you know, um, when you, you want the Lord to search your heart, to know what is going on there, to tell you the state of your heart, so that, you know, um, and then it, it's a place of openness. Um, that's how, for me, that's how I 
I examine myself just going to God and saying, okay, Lord, I did this, I did that, um, you know, um, have, I, have I done it right? Is it, is it okay? And when God is, you know, talking at my heart or prompting my heart, you know, um, um, and then openly saying that, okay, you know what, God, this thing that you're talking my heart on, you know, how do I deal with it? You know, so again, um, um, coming back to what uh, Pastor Ola said that, you know, it's a place where we have conversation with God and, you know, where we are open enough to accept what he's saying to us so that, you know, and, and that's the place of the word, the place of prayer, the place of retreats. And what you're looking for is you want to make sure that the posture of your heart is right with God, that there is no worldliness there, that there is no bitterness, there is no unforgiveness. You know, you are, you are, because it is the, um, I wanted to remember that verse now that talks about the fact that um, it is the spirit of man, it, it is the spirit of man that searches the heart, that knows what is going on. And, you know, we, all we want to do is just to make sure that the posture of our heart is right. And if you, if you fail that test, just go back to God and allow him to, you know, purge you and cleanse you, you know because it is very, very, it's very, very important. We don't want any stain on our garment because there's something called the garment of righteousness. And that is what we want to keep preserving. And it's very, very important. Thank you very much. Uh, God bless you. Dekinolume from quickly. Uh, yes, sir, quickly. Um, I, I usually stand by uh, what James said in James chapter one, verse 22 to 25. Uh, it says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Whatever we hear in church, whatever the Holy Spirit speaks to our hearts through the word of God, uh, I intentionally want to go ahead to be a doer of it so that I'm not just hearing and forgetting it. I need to practice it at, as well uh, by the grace of God. And uh, because, I mean, looking at that, question why is this important I, we talked about it in first corinthians chapter 10 i think it's in verse 12 it says so he who knows uh, who who thinks he stands firm should be careful not so that he doesn't fall mm. he can continue to say ah we are strong we are strong but we need to also from time to time check ourselves are we right and there's always a voice that is speaking are we listening to that voice? And most of the time, because we are Christians and we are children of God, it's the spirit of God that is um, bringing our attention to certain things. So are we listening to that voice? Praise the Lord. Thank you very much. Thank you. You made the preaching very easy, everyone. Thank you so much for those that contributed. Now, let us bring it out from the word of God. I was thinking, how do we? So bro, uh, John actually gave us an insight on how to do this. So if we let us sit there and read this so we can bring it out together. This is the way brother John put it. John the beloved. In 1 John 2, 3, he reads from verse 3, written I quote, he said, we know that we have come to know him if we, we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandment, just like uh, the kingdom of said now. If we keep his commandment. Now, listen to what he's saying in verse 4. He said, whosoever says, I know him, that you know him 
but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. That's the first test. Are you a doer of voices? Say, but if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Then in verse 6, say, whosoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. The second point is pastor give. So the two point that was given there was clearly brought out by Brother John. Number one, that we live like Jesus, that we do what he says. So how do we test ourselves? We test ourselves for the obedience, the lifestyle, living a lifestyle of obedience. That's number one. Then in verse seven, he said, dear friends, so have you seen it? The first one is obedience, a lifestyle of obedience. And obeying his instruction as well. In verse 7, he said, Dear friends, I'm not writing you as a new command, but as an old one, which you have seen, which you had since the beginning. This old command is the message you've heard. Yet I am writing you a new command. It is true. His truth is seen in him and in you because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Now, look at the next one out to test. Number one, say, anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in darkness. That's the second test. The second test is that do you love your brother or your sister? If you hate anyone, that is the second test. You need to start asking God for, for, for forgiveness. If you hate anyone, you keep in malice with anyone, regardless. He said, if anyone claim to be in the light, that means Jesus Christ is the light, you know. He is saying that if you claim to be in Christ, but you hate a brother or a sister, he said that person is still in darkness. That's how to test. Do you have love? Anyone who loves his brother and sister lives in the light. And there is nothing in them to make them stumble. Bro, since the same brother John said, there's no fear in love. He said in verse 11, but anyone who ain't a brother or sister is in the darkness and walk around in darkness. And you know what happens when you walk around in darkness? It's only a matter of time before you stumble. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. Please don't let darkness blind you. Check yourself. That's what you check. That's what I said. Examine yourself. Is there anyone, let's start from the church, that you can't stand. I can't stand this woman the way she talks. I can't stand that brother the way he talks or the way he dresses, the way he does things. I can't stand this particular set of people. Check yourself if Christ comes today. That's why I say check yourself, examine yourself. Brothers, these are Christian values, what Paul is saying. That's how to know if Christ is in you. Now, the third one is do not love the world or anything in the world. For anyone loves the law, the love for the Father is not in them. So that's the third one. Do you have love for God or the things of God? That's how you know. It's easily, you can easily know. It's very, very easy. The love for God is not in them. Do you have passion for God? Do you have passion for what the passion of God is? which is lost soul. Do you have desire 
for lost souls? Do you, are you typified by hatred for sin and he have the desire for holiness? That's, those are the check. That's what Brother John is telling us here. He said, for everything in the world, listen, this is the all, the all sins and temptation is summarized in three things, right? From the, the Satan does not have any two tricks. The same one is used for Jesus. The same one is used today. Number one, the loss of the flesh, the loss of the eyes, and the pride of life. Comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and his desire pass away, but whosoever does the will of God lives forever, meaning that you still live when eternity comes. So now, every believer, so the application then, therefore, is every believer should periodically perform self-examination. Now, why? Because many are not saved, but they think they are saved. And you can check that out in Matthew 7, 21. Because the Bible made us to understand is Matthew 7, 17. He said, every good tree bears good fruit. If you go, if you get on a, an, an apple tree, you don't, have to, you don't have to look for too much evidence. You don't have to even climb it and cut it out before you can see it's an apple tree. The Bible says, by their fruits, you shall know them. Maybe not immediately when you get born again, but with time, we should be able to see those changes in you. If after years and years, those changes are still not there, and you're still practicing, intentionally practicing those things, then you need to check, examine yourself. Are you truly saved? Because if you are saved, then you will grow up. When you have baby, they start with, you know, they can't talk, they cry all night, sometimes be annoying, sometimes with joy, you take care of them. But with time, you expect them to start getting better, to start telling you, Daddy, Mommy, I want to go to the toilet. Then they get better. People some of them crying, when they tell you, oh, I want water, so you get, give them water. So that is what every spirit expects. The same thing with our father. He expects us to grow. And if these things are not growing, he's not seeing that sign. Brethren, examine ourselves. Because he said, many people will call me that day. He said, ah, did we do these things? We prayed it, we attend to this, we do this. He said, you tell them, go deep. I know you not, you walk out of iniquity. And that will not be, that will not be a voice that comes to us in the name of Jesus. But we examine ourselves. Jesus said, every good tree bears good fruit. If you are saved, there should be fruit in your life, particularly after hearing this life message that we hear all the time. We need to examine yourself. Do you have love for God? Do you have love for God, for the things of God? Levi said, I am so pleased and so happy when they tell me, let's go to the household of God. Or oh, is it that time? Or do you check it in your life and say, anytime, it's a time that you want to go for, uh, maybe, uh, you know, your Bible will call Oambe, or I am all those things. That is when you get so excited. But anytime you <laughs> say, we want to come and Bible study like that, I'm not saying that's a test, but I'm just saying, check those things out. That's the time you become so, so reluctant. Now, it does happen. It doesn't mean anything, but sometimes you have to step down that thought. The Bible says, casting down imagination and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. When you don't feel like it, oh, prayer time again, we just have to pray. Oh, and this brother will just speak. 
speaking in tongues and preaching. No, examine yourself. Do you have love for God? Do you have a lifestyle of obedience? Are you just the era or are you the era and the doer of God's words? Do you have passion for the lost? Is your life typified by hatred of sin and desire for holiness? Now, I'm not saying you must be holy to 100%. Because like we said before, we, that we only have when we get to glorification. But you are walking towards it. Every time you fall short, you always go back to him. The Bible says that if we say we have no sin, that we lie to ourselves. But you always go back to the Father, Father. And you ask for grace. You ask for mercy. You ask for God to help you. To help you. And his grace is always available for you. These are the tests we can give ourselves. The Bible says in 4 John 3, 9, as we read before, it said, no one born of God practices, keep on practicing sin. So another test is that, am I practicing sin? Do you make sin a practice? These are hard things, but this is Bible studies. Examine yourself to see if your heart truly belongs to God. And the more important one that the, the Lord is drawing my mind into is the love for your brother love. If you love your brother, you will not gossip them. If you love brethren, you will not, you will not, you will not demean them in the front of other people or in the front of your own family, your children. You will not do that. If you keep doing that and you find it very comfortable and something is not convincing you in your mind that this is not right, examine yourself. That is what Brother Paul asks us to do. These are tough things, but these are the word of God. Examine to yourself to see if your heart truly belongs to God. If you see that you fall short of any, any of these brethren, I beseech you today that fall on your knees and go to God for repentance. Tell God to help you. Tell him to supply you grace to overcome all these things. Another one I want to give us is uh, in Philippians 2, 3. Now, it's a very simple one. The next, the, another test I want to give us in Philippians 2, 3. It says that do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Now, I like the way King James Version put it. He said, do nothing from vain rivalry. So, check yourself, examine yourself to see the reason behind the things you do. The help you give, examine yourself to see the reason behind it. When you go above when, the reason, you better make sure that the reason is Christocentric, is because of God, because of Christ. Otherwise, if the reason is for physical things, you already got your reward. So the lesson is very, very simple. Care more about souls. Now, and this also, this uh, do nothing from vain rivalry or do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. When Paul said, would you examine us? I want to also bring this to family life. What am I saying? How do you deal with your spouse? Husband to wife, wife to husband. That is an idea to you that you need to examine yourself. Do you do things out of vain rivalry to gain? Do, do, you, do you talk to win arguments? When you argue with your spouse, are you concerned with winning the argument or with your spouse's 
spiritual condition. Now, would you rather just lose an argument or win the soul? I want us to reflect on all these things. Examine yourself, Brother Paul said. And that's how we examine ourselves. There's so many other ways. The list are endless, but these ones, I like them because I brought them out from, we brought them out from the word of God. Now, I don't know if anybody wants to add any more thing before we move on to the final exhortation from uh, verses 11 to 14. And please, can I just share this um, ex personal experience? Well, All right, so about a couple of weeks ago, I remember pastor called me and said that, um, you know, God, God wants me to go back to evangelizing and winning souls. And I've been thinking about that for some time as well. So when he said that to me, I said, okay, that's fine that, you know, so I kept some tracts in my bag. And I thought, okay, the opportunity arises, I will give the tract and stuff like that. So at the beginning of this week, I was at work on, can you be quiet? Ezekiah. So on Monday night, I was at work. And whilst I was going, the Holy Spirit was saying to me that you're coming back by train and you must minister on the train. And I was like, <laughs> How am I going to be able to stand up? You know, these are airlights. Like, I mean, it's completely white. You know, I'm the only, like, you know. And I'm thinking, you can imagine I was walking and the only, it was as if the Holy Spirit was preaching to me hmm. that Jesus, like, throughout the night I walk, I could not even rest. It was like the Holy Spirit was, it was like somebody walking with me and preaching to me. You know, it's like somebody was like, you know, Jesus was not ashamed when he went to the cross. So, you know, he was not ashamed though. You know, he was there. You, I, and it was as if the Holy Spirit was preaching to me. So anyway, what happened was on Monday morning, uh, on Tuesday morning, I, did, I couldn't do it. And I was like, Lord Jesus, please help me. So, okay, sorry, it was Tuesday night. The Holy Spirit was like preaching to me. So on Wednesday, so as soon as I decided that I was going to minister in the train, stand up and minister in the train. Can you be quiet? As soon as I decided, I had peace of mind. So on, on Wednesday morning, as soon as I got in the train, my legs were shaking. But one of the things that held me together was I, Jesus was not ashamed of you when he went to the cross. He stood there. It was a shameful thing, but he did it anyway. So that one, that was what, what gingered me and I got up. I ministered in the train and I was like, I should have said everything that I needed to say <laughs> on that morning on Wednesday. Oh. And I went and sat down. As soon as I sat down, I just quickly plugged my ears and I was like, I don't want anybody to come and talk with me <laughs> or anything. So, but you know, I had peace of mind. Man. And you can imagine the devil wanted me to start feeling so tensed up again. Um, that maybe I should not go via the route, uh, the train route again. Maybe the spirit of God will tell me to minister. And I was like, no, I will still go through the train. I will feel relaxed in that train. And if the spirit of God says, get up, I do it. Because Jesus was not ashamed on the cross because of me. You know, so it was it was something for me because it, it, I, I felt like, ah, Father, thank you. Because it was like, 
I was like, ah, Father, I'm able to pull that off. So, you know, thank God for God's grace. Amen. That's a wonderful testimony. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. See, I, I think it was Brother Dr. Bernard I was talking to recently. And I was saying that, see, when we get to heaven, there'll be lots of surprises. Because the example I gave him was that somebody preached to Pastor Deboe before he gave his life to Christ. Then he now went ahead to win millions of souls for Christ. Now, who gets the reward or crown? Now, I know we're not doing all these things for reward, but somebody first preached to Pastor. In that train, as you preached, it may look as if nobody's hearing, but you never know. You never know. If, the, if heaven opened your eyes and you see what's actually going on, you have no single idea. And also when you see people give their life to Christ, you just preach to someone one day and they give their life to Christ. It's not, sometimes it's not because of that preaching. It's because so many other people have been preaching. God has been reaching out to them, to them several times. Then that was the climax. So I'm really happy that you listened to what the Spirit of God said to you. And you listened to the Holy Spirit right then and then. And I pray that the Lord continue to give you that wisdom and reward. As you they, they, see, the person who is wise, you want to be wise, then we so for Christ. Praise God. I don't know if anybody wants to add anything to that as we come to the final conclusion. Okay. Now, in the absence of that, the final conclusion of that verse says that, therefore, uh, I'm reading from uh, Kim Jin's version here. Then I will go to, we'll now do the, ex the exhibition. Right. Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of peace and the God of love and peace shall be with you. Say, greet one another with an holy kiss. All the saints salute you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. Amen. And that was the last one. Let's go back to, to it. So what are we saying there? The first thing is saying there is that, say, therefore, finally, brethren, be perfect. What is they trying to tell us there? Another, that's another word of saying. He's trying to tell us to grow up. That's what he's telling us. Be perfect. We know we can't we can't reach perfection. They say grow up. It's telling us to grow up. And how do we do that? I think Brother Peter gave us an idea. In Second Peter, in Second Peter one five, he says, "Say for this, give us an idea. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to your goodness knowledge." And to knowledge, self-control. And to self-control, perseverance. And to perseverance, godliness. And to godliness, mutual affection. And to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and being unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So that is it. He gave us a scaffolded idea of how we can do this. That's uh, I read that from Second Peter one from five. So that is what he's saying us. He said they also live in peace. He said we must pursue unity and peace 
And I like the fact that he said you have to pursue, you have to, you, you have to be intentional about it. You have to pursue peace intentionally. The Bible says, as long as it depends on you, if it is possible, be at peace with all men. Live peacefully with people. Be at peace with everyone. Then it gives you a reward for that. He said, when you do that, then the Lord of peace. So live in peace. Look at what follows after that. In King James Version, he said, and the, and the God of peace shall be with you. So first of all, you live in peace. Then the God of peace will be with you. Try as much as possible to be at peace with everyone. And I like the examples I'm seeing around. You know, people going back to people that have been, and say, you know what, let's just forgive and let's let's go let's go let's go be at peace show it doesn't matter take all the blames take all the responsibility that is the sign of strength then finally he said we should give each other he said greet one another with an holy kiss right that's a discussion i want us today so in in these days our time should we give each other with holy kiss what does the, what's the meaning of holy kiss any, I want an answer there very quickly, just one minute as we round up to go and go and pray. Right, I think the clue to that is when you read other version. The other version say, another version, I think what I was reading, another version say with uh, only handshake. So what we are trying, what we are trying to say there is this. Now, in those days, that was the cultural thing. That's the cultural, uh, the cultural acceptable way to show uh, care, warmth, and you know acceptance. So in this day, I think it's more like uh, the cultural thing. Is in back home, in in I think in uh, your back home, I don't know about that. You you do that in a different way. You know, the, the you, you, you sometimes if the person is elderly person, you kneel down, you greet the person, you prostrate. Just greet each other in a way culturally that shows submission and acceptance and obedience. Then he now give us the last thing. Give us the last one. It says the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of us. And that's a good place to say, Amen. Amen. Now, what I want to say about that, that is just not a good, that's a great thing, but that's what we call a Trinitarian benediction. Trinitarian benediction because it confirms the Trinity. It confirms the operation of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Because I know some people still don't believe in it. Not, I mean, something of but it's, that's what it says. Now, if you're looking around, that, okay, where do this is God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit? This is one of them, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, I also like the, like, like the fact that when we started in 1 Corinthians 13, Apostle Paul started the word. He started with the blessing from the Lord. And he finished it, also finishes it with this practical application and also finish it with Jesus, with the Trinity. So that's also showing us that he's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and is also the end. And I pray as we do that, the Holy Spirit continue to help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.